Hey, hey there, it's Sam Leon here, and I'm glad to be back with you because I wanted to cover something today, some points about cognitive uh, connections. And I don't want to drive you crazy with this, but I guess if I do, you'll simply switch me off. Um, but there's so much in this, and I really do want to get it out to you, and you're the first to hear this because it's all going in the book I'm working on. Um, you know, I've initially carried on with these, started these podcasts, built around purpose. If you go back to the very first ones, you'll see this a lot about purpose. And I do that because purpose is the actual framework through which all our decisions are made. That's assuming you have a purpose on which to make those decisions. And I want to explain to you um, some stuff about cognitive. And if you look it up, you'll find this, but I'm giving it to you anyhow to save you doing that. Cognitive, um, an adjective of or relating to cognition, concerned with the act or process of knowing, perceiving, etc., one of my early mentors when I was a young guy said to me, Sam, we already know all there is to know. Now ponder that. We already know all there is to know. And it's true. We just need to find the doors and open them and walk through them. Now, instinctively, I did things early in my career, which... I stopped doing when I thought I understood my career, and guess what? It made a dramatic difference, a dramatically negative difference. If I'd stuck to the knitting of those early, um, you already know all there is to know, things that I did, oh, I can't believe how much actual good how much work I would have done. And it's nice to put those two words together, good and work. Not necessarily good work, although good works are great things to do, but you get my drift. I'm talking about doing good through your work. Continuing, um, cognitive functioning and cognitive development of or relating to the mental processes of perception, memory, judgment, and reasoning as contrasted with emotional and volitional processes. Now, people think, because I'm talking about the cognitive connections between our brains, our hearts, our souls, our, our spirits, and, and there's enough conjecture there, um, those people who believe. And <laughs> there's more than you'd think, uh, believe we have a soul. Um, some believe the soul and the spirit are one. Some believe the soul and the spirit are two. <laughs> We've got no way of knowing, really. Um, but I, I'm a great believer in, in us having a soul. Um, and I'm a, also a great believer in us having spirit. And somehow the two are, in my view, are connected. And spirit gives you that, that energy, that drive, um, and, and, and perhaps 
that consciousness. Um, soul uh, is very much wrapped up in our genetic programming, um, the stuff we're, we're born with and, and which I believe connects way back. That's for another time. Um, now, the synonyms for cognitive are emotional, intellectual, mental, subjective, cerebral, in the mind, intellective, physical, psychological, subconscious, and unconscious. Now, I've harnessed cognitive connections, and the brain switches on first, although the heart is just about there with it. It'd be a photo finish. Um, and they both click on together, just that fraction between the two. Um, you see something, you acknowledge something, something the other person knows to be true, must never be false, um, either to yourself or to the other person, because they'll know instinctively. And when you make that comment, you make a connection because they know you're correct. The number of times I've admired um, a woman's hair, and she knows she's just come from the hairdressers, um, or her fingernail color, which most blokes don't tend to look at. Oh, for those of you overseas, blokes in Australia equals men. Um, shoes, both men's and women's, watches. Um, uh, I'm, I've got a, a keen interest in watches, and I can recognize most watches, the brand and the, the style, the type, the model, um, and I comment on them uh, if, if I think they're something unusual, and the person knows they're unusual. There's a connection immediately, um, and, and it's not just buttering them up. It's, it's not just... Um, you know, brown nosing to them. It's making a comment which flatters them that they know to be true or making a comment of mutual interest that they know to be true. It's connecting and then going to the next step. And all those things that I said um, relating to the mental processes of perception so perception comes in first, then memory. <laughs> you got to remember stuff um, and and keep it in your brain to be able to be called upon. Judgment. <laughs> there's a time to and there's a time not to. Um, you don't. I, I've never had. I've never had anyone turn around and say, "Who the hell are you?" Um, or you know, "Leave me alone, please." Never ever once because what I do, I do nicely and I do it politely and I do it in a friendly way and I adopt a friendly manner. My body language is totally non-threatening. It's friendly towards the person. And therefore, you need an understanding of body language. You need an understanding of um, the word I used last time, um, uh, last podcast, synchronicity of connection. 
You need to understand vocal tonage. That doesn't come in five minutes. It's many years of observation, observation and remembering. So there's perception, memory, judgment, um, and and then there's emotional um, processes, and they come last in line. So it's the brain first, then the heart, and then the connection of two spirits. And if they're both in harmony, I'm not away with it. Do, 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 do. I'm not. I, I believe if you can make the mental connection, the um, heart connection, the physical connection, um, I used to touch people in order to make that connection. Handshaking is part of that process. You clasp hands. Um, yes, apparently centuries ago, people would clasp hands um, further up the arm to make sure they weren't hiding a hidden dagger or, or, or something. Um, but today, it's a, a greeting and it's a touching and it's a meshing of the flesh. And that meshing um, sends a connection. And you know, you know, because you've experienced it, that sometimes you get that warning, danger, danger. Um, you can almost feel the hair on the back of your neck standing up. That's rare, but it happens. And I'll bet you it's happened to you. But it's also, you get a good feeling. I like this person. I, in parenthesis, know this person, know their soul, know their spirit, um, understand where they're coming from. I feel that with caution, I can trust this person. And I wanted to go through that because I mentioned last time it's extraordinary that West Point is going uh, in some of their courses in this direction. Uh, West Point's a tough um, officer training school um, for the military and, and, and the Navy and the Air Force. It's, it's a tough school. Um, so our Harvard, Harvard University, um, they're supposed to put out some of the toughest lawyers, some of the toughest uh, business uh, uh, graduates. Um, so, um, and I mentioned Google and the Google Heart Framework. The world's changed. We know that. Those that think it's changing, <laughs> let me enlighten you. It's changed and it's going to stay changed. And whilst there may be a slight swing back of the pendulum once the uh, coronavirus is over and everyone's saying there will be others, uh, I hope not, you hope not, even if there is a swing back, the world has changed. Have a look at this week's edition of The Economist. It talks about offices and are offices still relevant? Will people still go to an office? I would hate to see us not be able to congregate as human beings, you know, around the water cooler, um, having coffee together in the, in the canteen, um, having 
meetings um, in meeting rooms, small meetings with a group around the table. I'd hate to see that stop. I believe we need human interaction. However, it's not going to be like it was. There's going to be so much more. Prior to starting today's podcast, I spoke to a guy, uh, rang him to apologize for missing our Zoom meeting. I was involved in something else and I looked up and thought, oh no, I didn't set an alarm. So I called him and he said, oh, that's no problem, Sam. He said, let's reschedule for next week. Now, he and I know each other well. We trust each other. Um, We've done stuff together and he and I will connect next week on a Zoom call and it'll be two friends uh, and it'll be nice. It'll only be for 10 minutes at the most, but it will be good. However, if we were doing something together long term, I believe it would be essential for us to meet face to face several times through the process. Not so easy if you're working internationally. <laughs> Impossible to jump on an aeroplane at the moment. Um, a Zoom or a Microsoft or a Google type meeting is the way everyone's going. However, I still believe in the touch. Um, I love hugging my mates. I love hugging my grandkids. I adore hugging my wife. There is a necessary connection. And when I was young, um, I used to hug trees and people thought I was a bit strange, but I really was a tree hugger and I could feel the energy within that tree as I hugged it. And today, I think human contact through handshakes, through hugging, through whatever the eyeball to eyeball connection is, is essential. However, we have changed and we will now connect on a far more frequent basis through Zoom and other uh, video type applications. I wish you a sensational weekend. I hope it's a great weekend. And if I've kept you a bit longer on this podcast, my apologies, but I'm not really sorry. To be honest, I've enjoyed speaking with you and I had to get all that out off my chest. I hope it's of benefit to you. Enjoy.